podcast talking all things health technology and NHS IT. Welcome to Digital Health Unplugged. Hello and welcome to another episode of Digital Health Unplugged. I'm your host, Jordan Soloff, junior news reporter at Digital Health. It's been a little longer than our usual two weeks between episodes because last week we had Digital Health rewired back in person for the first time in two years and on a personal note, my first rewired. Um, and it seemed to go very, very well. Um, I think we had about 2,400 unique attendees. Um, and yeah, it was a really good two days, very busy. It flew by for me, probably because I was always moving about. But yeah, it was really good. And one of the highlights of Rewired, of course, was Pitchfest, the live final taking place on day two. And I'm delighted that coming on the podcast today, we have Dr. Rachel Grimaldi, co-founder and CEO of Card Medic, the Pitchfest 2022 champions and very deserved winners as well. So yeah, Rachel, thank you very much for taking time out of your day to come on the podcast. How are you, first of all? Yeah, fine. Thank you. Just um, basking in, you know, all of last week. It was amazing. Thank you so much for having me today. I really appreciate it as well. It was a brilliant, brilliant conference um, last week and just super excited to have had the opportunity to take part and then win. It was amazing. Absolutely. It was a really great fun. We're going to come on to lots about Pitchfest, but I actually want to start Mm -hmm. by going back a little bit, kind of back to the start. For those listeners who kind of may be unfamiliar with you, kind of what do you do? What is Card Medic, and kind of why did you decide to create it? Yeah, so um, I suppose a little bit about me. I'm an anaesthetist in the NHS. I'm currently working at Great Ormond Street Hospital in my final year of training. Um, I've got three children, so my training has taken a lot longer than otherwise would have done. I qualified nearly 13 years ago now. Um, I'm also the Associate Medical Director for the Brighton Marathon, and we have that coming up. If there's anyone who's listening that wants to volunteer in a couple of weeks, (laughs) I'll be there. Um, And uh, as you mentioned, a co-founder and CEO of Cardmedic. Um, So Cardmedic is a digital app that's designed to reduce health inequalities due to communication barriers in healthcare. So it could be due to foreign language, deafness, blindness, cognitive problems like learning disabilities, dementia, stroke, for example, or literacy issues. Um, And it's, it's a website and a mobile app that has an A to Z library of pre-written scripts that replicate common conversations that people would have. So that might be about taking a history if someone comes in with a certain set of symptoms. It might be explaining about having a baby, a cesarean section, or someone's in labor. Um, It might be checking if someone's in pain or if they need an investigation done, for example. It supports that conversation that takes place between staff and patients through a series of of pre-written transcripts, if you like. You can then choose that, that script from the screen, show it to the patient, and then you can change it to be presented in a different language. If the person can't read or they want to listen to it or they can't see properly, they can uh, listen to it with the read aloud. Then we have sign language videos, and then we also have Easy Read, um, and we're integrating photos into that. We're working with an incredible group of speech and language therapists and learning disability nurses to build out that Easy Read side as well. Um, So yeah, that's kind of what it is. and then would you like me to kind of touch on the, the background of when it started? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, perfect. So um, the kind of 
backdrop, it started at the beginning of the pandemic, but the backdrop on a kind of personal note, I suppose, which is something that I haven't shared before, um, but it, what, what was kind of going on in our personal lives at this point was obviously, um, well, I, I was on maternity leave visiting family in the States when the borders shut and we couldn't get back home. We were in the US and I really, really wanted to do something to help. But in the middle of March, when things are really kicking off, we overnight lost 80% of our family income. We was my, my husband's business, he was a director, couldn't get furlough. So was, you know, we suddenly lost his income. Um, we was living off my maternity pay. Um, our savings ran out pretty quickly. We took a mortgage holiday. Uh, we took the children out of nursery for 15 months. So f- from a financial perspective, we were not in a great spot. Um, and just a kind of personal life generally falling apart perspective as for many many people on the planet um we had a house we bought that we then had to sell you know all of these sorts of things going on but at the kind of forefront of my mind was I'm a clinician I need to be on the front line supporting my friends and so I was doing what I could from afar um from a kind of admin perspective but then ended up reading about a patient who'd been to intensive care with covid and was terrified because he couldn't understand staff through PPE. And he didn't seem, you know, saw, saw him on Sky News, didn't seem to have any obvious communication barriers. But um, I thought, well, if he's struggling, everyone else must be really struggling. And there's obviously this kind of global crisis in communication and healthcare. And if if how are people communicating? Are they writing notes on paper? What if I made those notes digital? And then we launched within 72 hours, basically. My, my husband, whose background is um, e-commerce and and branding and things built the website I wrote the content and it went from there um so so yeah I can tell you a bit more about the story if, if you like but that was a sort of why it all started um and uh and the feedback that we had really early on within the first three weeks after some media coverage was that there are so many long-standing barriers and massive health inequalities for patients with communication issues in healthcare um that could we make carb medics stick after the pandemic and it kind of that's where it's grown out from and kind of since launching up until now, I guess, kind of mm. what been some of your biggest achievements and successes so far that kind of stand out to you that you're most proud of? Well, I mean, it, it's been a, a bit of a wild ride, but we've had some incredible things from, um, you know, some awards that we've won, um, including we, we went, we did the US Accelerator Mass Challenge last year and we won a, a big award from there, which was wonderful, really, really exciting. Um, and then we're doing Mass Challenge this year and been selected by some US hospitals, Brigham and Women's to work with in City of Boston. So that's been really exciting from that perspective. Um, I also won the global finals for She Loves Tech, which was super exciting, part of the NHS Clinical Entrepreneur Program and have done the Hill Accelerator. Um, so again, those kind of being a clinician knowing nothing at all about running a business to have kind of had some success I suppose in in those kind of spaces has been amazing and then um with the the traction that we've had the 22,000 app downloads and 55,000 users and really starting to kind of scale in hospitals and things in the UK and, and the US um as well Penn State Health um, we've just agreed a, a one-year paid pilot with the hospital in New Mexico. I just got off the phone with right before this, um, who I uh, want to, to go to a contract. So from that, um, you know, we're really proud of the traction that we've achieved so far. And I think probably what I'm most proud of are the people who've come together to make this happen. So 
not just the team within Card Medic who are amazing and so dedicated and so hardworking, but the people from across the NHS and internationally who are members of staff, members of the public who've got in touch, um, who want to help and who've people who've helped write content, professionals who practice clinically in these spaces, writing content, people supporting with translations, um, speech and language therapists, learning disability nurses with the easy read. I mean, the list goes on. And I think that's, it's just been a testament as to what we're trying to achieve touches everybody. People either themselves have struggled to communicate or someone they know and love has struggled to communicate in healthcare. And they understand the massive health inequalities that that people suffer here in this situation. And I think that kind of has really united people to help. So I think that's probably what I'm most proud of, of the network and the team of people that have come together to make this possible. You've spoken about the successes and achievements, but of course, I can imagine starting mm-hmm. up amidst the pandemic and stuff, there's been a lot of challenges and obstacles that you've probably had to overcome so far in this journey. So just let our listeners know some of those challenges and obstacles. So I think uh, there've been a number of challenges at the beginning. We were obviously doing this remotely and being a clinician, just having no idea about, you know, that we we didn't set this up to run a business at all. It just kind of spiraled. But, you know, having no knowledge about NHS structures, procurement, all of those sorts of things. And from a funding perspective was really difficult. So in the beginning, we applied for an Innovate UK grant, which was the COVID de minimis business led grant, I think it was called which I later found out was their most competitive one. I was like, great one for me to start on. But um, we didn't get it the first time round. It was a a sort of technicality on their system um, in that we'd, uh, the the amount of money that we'd put in for was outside their range, but we didn't sort of, it didn't get flagged up. So then we thought, oh no, what are we going to do now? You know, this is all so expensive to do. And then we were actually, there was a cohort of us that had fallen through this gap. So we were all reinvited to apply and we were thrilled when we got it. So I think for us, we, we've had some angel investment. We're currently going through a, a round at the moment who um, that we're looking to close uh, pretty soon. Um, so I think fundraising is always a challenge because it's it's a challenging, you know, kind of marketplace to get into. Um, when, when you're early stage startup as well, I think people it's a sort of bit of a catch 22. They want to see traction and sales, but if you don't have funding to really build out your product and make it helpful, people don't want to buy you yet. So it's a really sort of catch 22 environment. So I think fundraising is, is always challenging. Um, we've been really lucky to kind of find amazing people to, to be part of our team and part of our journey. But um, I think probably one of the yeah one of the biggest challenges for us has been around that and and around the speed of development you want so much done so quickly and you've always got to prioritize about what's the most important thing and what are people asking for and making sure that you are um, responding to what people would find helpful and useful but not interrupting sprint cycles to add bits and pieces and all this kind of stuff I've learned along the way and then probably the last thing is sort of what I touched on at the start was gaining knowledge you know like having a sort of mini 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 MBA in a very short space of time um, through the accelerator programs um, has has been essential to do but was definitely one of the challenges in the beginning was I don't have vocabulary in this space how do I talk to investors how do I talk to procurement teams finance directors um, staff you know how, how do I kind of navigate this this digital health innovation space 
um, I need knowledge and, you know, building that kind of knowledge and network and stuff is um, just takes time. But, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's been fantastic, but, uh, but a challenge definitely. I'm sure. Yeah. Right. Let's move on to pitch fest. Yes. That's what, that's what the listeners want to hear. I've oh, sorry, listeners. I've been blathering on. <laughs> um, yeah. I'll, I'll explain the competition again, even though I did last episode and I'm sure most of our listeners know, but it's our annual competition for health tech startups to help them cement their place in the NHS as the winner, of course, Card Melick will be offered the opportunity to have their innovation tested and scaled at Chelsea and Westminster Hospital NHS Foundation Trust through the CW Innovation Programme, a collaboration between the Trust and its charity CW Plus. It's the third consecutive year the CW Innovation Programme has offered the winners a real-world testbed in whichever care setting their concept or startup is based. So it is a great prize, which we'll come on to. Um, the four other finalists, it was a very competitive live final, I must say. Health Tech One, Little Journey, Sapin Health and Sweatcoin. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed listening to all the pitches, actually. I'm not just saying this because you're here, Rachel, but I did say to Hannah next to me, I think Card Medic are going to win. And I was oh, right. Oh, wow. Um, Thank you. That's so, amazing. Yeah, first of all, what were the kind of reasons for wanting to apply and take part in this year's Pitch Fest? I mean, I think, as you mentioned, the, the prize is amazing. I think nothing beats real world use. And for us, that patient and public involvement and engagement and feedback from staff on the front line is essential to making car medic as useful as possible as relevant as possible and to make sure that we're building a solution that's continuing to meet real problems and that we are increasing our offer to 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 hospitals and that we've had loads of suggestions around it'd be great if it did this and that as well which you know very much fits in with what we're trying to do so i think for us the the prize of working with obviously such a phenomenal hospital trust as chelsea and westminster who were really engaged in innovation and one and, and we already had had some conversations going on with Chelsea and Westminster anyway with from the maternity department um, and Pfizer as well we're doing some research together around health inequalities and communication and um, uh, around a specific kind of area um, of clinical practice so uh, it was kind of really brings together the the work that we've already started doing there um, but makes it trust wide so I think the prize is obviously incredible and gives us such a phenomenal platform and opportunity to to work with such an amazing trust but also that the staff that practice there and and the the team behind the innovation um, and, and the charity team who are really passionate I think the other thing is obviously it's a an incredible platform that the actual digital health rewired itself like you said nearly two and a half thousand people from all across the nhs really ranging from senior executives to practicing clinicians to cnios ccios you know decision makers people who are really bridging that gap between industry innovation clinical practice um, and it's all like-minded people so they're excited to see what's coming through the pipeline and how they can solve their pressing issues with innovative digital solutions and to have that all under one roof was incredible and then to have the opportunity to sort of get up there and say to people this is what we've been doing this is what card medics about and it would be amazing just to kind of share that and see if anyone's interested um i think ju- just the opportunity that kind of platform that the conference provides in that way is amazing it's b- absolutely brilliant how was your kind of overall experience of pitch fest obviously as well going from the online heats to the live yeah. final and how was that kind of transition to to actually present in front of the judging panel and an audience 
it's really nerve-wracking I mean everyone was lovely I have to say that everyone was absolutely lovely and the online event I was I always get nervous before these things I've done I've done it quite a lot now but I still get really nervous each time because you put your heart and soul into it and you know people are judging what you've done and you want to make sure you've got the answers for people um and you know you just hope that your kind of energy and passion for it comes across but the online heats, everyone was lovely. I had Wi-Fi issues, which was so annoying. Um, but but everyone was really, really nice and kind of asked lots of questions. And it's a lot to cram in in, in five minutes of a pitch and, and kind of a five-minute Q&A. Um, and then transitioning to the kind of on stage was that suddenly you're in a really big, noisy hall. The acoustics within the section I was pitching in a really, you know, you can hear just that section it wasn't like you you couldn't hear what the person on stage was saying but um it is really daunting to kind of look out and see a sea of faces a lot of background noise a row of judges in the front but everyone was sort of you know really engaged and listening and and that's really nice you know no one's kind of like looking bored in the audience and anything like that so um so although I was really apprehensive when I got up on stage I was like okay I'm I've started now (laughs) I'll just um I'll just chat and you know answer questions in that way I suppose so um so yeah it's daunting at the best of times but I think you know they made it as enjoyable as they could in that way what were kind of initial feelings and emotions when you first announced as the winner so I think you you pitched so well that that surely can't have been much of a surprise to you that you won or, or was it a big surprise oh no it was a, oh, that's so kind of you it was a total surprise because you know I'm kind of up against people like you said like Little Journey and Sapien Health who've had you know they're doing big randomized controlled trials in lots of different countries and you know they, they've got a ton of traction loads of really solid evidence behind what they're doing and have been doing it a lot longer than me and so you just sort of see that on stage and you know, and of course, you know, the others health tech one and, and um, sweat coin are doing different, slightly different things, but um, again, really passionate teams behind them. And you sort of look at yourself and, and I've, as many people have got imposter syndrome, you kind of compare yourself and go, Oh God, I'm, you know, nowhere near as talented or whatever as you know, as much traction as they have. So when they announced it, I just, I literally was sat there cross-legged on my seat, you know, totally unprepared. And I was just like, what? um oh hmm. my gosh I've got to think of something to say I, I literally had nothing prepared and then afterwards I was thinking I should have said all these things I should have named everyone in the team because we're not a huge <laughs> team and everyone's just such an integral part and um yeah it was just it was an incredible feeling I think part of what feels so amazing about it is that you're amongst in a way peers and colleagues because this is all people that you know, a lot of people I speak to, if it's kind of maybe in the investment world or business world that, that aren't practicing clinicians, it's just coming from a different perspective. But when you get that seal of approval, as it were, from people who are very much directly in healthcare, really understand that space, some of them might practice clinically, it feels amazing because, you you know, you feel like, yeah, you've got that stamp of approval from them. We've touched on the kind of the benefits of the prior so. Can I just mm. ask kind of what other ways will kind of Pitchfest help kind of grow Cardmedic and kind of elevate you to the next step? I'm really hoping that, uh, I mean, through it already, we've had um, connections with investors. We're meeting one today. I'm meeting, uh, uh, in fact, two today. I met one this morning. I'm meeting one in a few minutes time um, that have come directly out of Pitchfest, which is great because we're, we're looking to close our round shortly. Um, so I think from the fundraising side, 
I think obviously the the kind of um, publicity that you get afterwards is amazing. It just gives that that kind of level of credibility that people know you've been through that, that platform and had that, like I said, seal of approval from people that kind of gives you that, that credibility to fall back on um, to, to say you're not sort of come out of nowhere. Um, So I think uh, that kind of moving forwards, working with, working with the trust and making the most of the networking afterwards, whether that's investors, whether that's um, working with other trusts, et cetera, et cetera. I think everything that comes from that just helps increase your footprint and um, your kind of recognition and the networking side. Networking, I think, is so important in this. And it's really massively helped us get where we are today um, and just making those magical connections. And there's people that I've met that I've thought, oh, you must meet that person and connected them up and just let that kind of stuff happen. So I think there's there's so much more. to. I mean, it's only kind of been a few days since we won. I think there's so much more to come out of it, I hope. Um, and it's just an amazing string to our bow to be able to add. Of course, one of your main missions, as you said, to reduce health inequalities Kind of, what do you think kind of more needs to be done across the industry and how important is the role of digital and technology in particular in kind of helping to tackle health inequalities? I think the health inequalities agenda is now huge. I think, of course, it should always have been huge, but I think the pandemic has shone an enormous light um, on, on health inequalities faced by patients, particularly with communication barriers because PPE has, has shone a light on it. And as... Um, uh, Jacob Hadid, I think, said from AccuRx that healthcare is a communication industry, which I really liked. I was like, yes, it is. And he was talking about dep- um, kind of uh, industry to industry or business to business communication. I'm talking about patient to clinician communication, but it is, it's a communication industry. And I think at the very heart of that, if people have poor health literacy, their outcomes are worse. So I think we need to do everything we can to empower patients to make sure that they have information in a format that they can understand. So um, there was a piece that Saskia Hicking did um, a, a couple of weeks ago that showed that only one third of trusts comply with the accessible information standard. Um, and it's not for lack of trying. It's There's so many issues around interoperability, for example, between systems, flagging people who have these issues when they make appointments, for example, making sure we have the communication support there when they need it. Um, So I think it's it's a lot around interoperability. Funding um, is always a challenge. And so I think there's a lot that we can do in the digital space that was touched on in in Rewired in, in a big way to kind of leverage technology to make these improvements in the most cost efficient way possible, whether that's presenting like card medic, presenting information in a really simple format um, versus interoperability, making sure that if someone goes to see their GP, the GP knows they speak another language, they then get to refer to hospital. There's a box that gets ticked. So the hospital knows that they speak another language and they can prepare for that for when the patient arrives. And I think there's so much more. I could sort of talk forever about it, but there's a lot more to do in that space with making information accessible if I'm just thinking with my communication and healthcare hat on. Um, but yeah, masses we can do to reduce health inequalities. And, and everyone's going to work to try their best and do a good job. Um, but I think moving forward, we really have to embrace the role of digital technology in that. Final couple of questions now. Firstly, looking ahead, kind of what's your main short-term and long-term ambition in the, kind of in the coming months and years? And I suppose, what's the ultimate goal for CardMedic? 
Um, so my ultimate goal is to make healthcare accessible, healthcare information accessible to everyone on the whole planet. That's my big, big goal. Um, so that's kind of Western uh, kind of hospitals, if you like, developing countries. And for us, this being tech for good and making a positive social impact is key. So supporting humanitarian crises, uh, refugees, um, paying for community health workers for refugee camps, for their training, supporting female entrepreneurs. So I really want this to be a successful commercial business so we can support the foundation to do that great work as well. Um, the sh- kind of short to sort of medium term goals of finishing our funding round. Um, we've got some tech development sprints going on at the moment and then more longer term is the integration with electronic health records and there's so much more to do um but but yes those are sort of our big things that we're focusing on and finally as you are now pitch fest expert kind of what (laughs) what what expert advice and our top tips would you give to any startups who are maybe considering or aren't sure yet about applying for next year's pitch fest I think just go for it. If you're passionate about your idea um, and you can really see how it's improving patient experience, staff experience, you're obviously have a focus on digital technology and healthcare. I think there's absolutely no harm in applying for these things. See how far you get. You'll meet some amazing people along the way. It's always great pitch practice, no matter how, no matter what you apply for. Um, so I think don't overthink it. Just do it. <laughs> go for it. Wise words, yeah. Right, that is all we've got time for on this episode of Digital Health Unplugged. Congratulations again, Rachel, for for winning Pitchfest. Definitely a, a worthy champion. And thank you for coming on the show as well. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, yeah. Uh, thank you to all our listeners. We're available on all the usual podcast platforms. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another episode. Until then, take care. listening to digital health unplugged we hope you enjoyed this episode for more follow us on spotify apple podcasts or your favorite podcast platform and to find out about our latest news and events head to our website digitalhealth.net